Well, we are on. We're on. Anthony Pace, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. So, I always like to start the podcast with a bit of a backstory. It ends up always being like, oh, up, update me, get me up to sort of scratch with things. But what I think will be good to introduce first is your training from, let's say, high school. Because I can probably observe where I saw the biggest change. Mm. Training from high school and, I guess, mentality even yeah. around training or even just mentality overall from high school to first comp prep mm. and to now. Okay. Um, start with that. Yeah, so with, with high school, um, I think it pretty much started when we were doing, um, I don't know if people refer to it as SLR or... PDHPE. Remember when we used to go to um, Town Centre? Oh, Fit and Fast. Fit and Fast, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like with our school, that's basically, I think, where it started, where they used to get us to do those little resistance. Mm. Um, yeah, those little resistance circuits. Um, so I think that was the first time I stepped foot in a gym, really. Uh, I think I was, would have what? been like 15, 16, maybe. So it wasn't at High Cab, it was at that Fit and Fast. Yeah, it was Fit and Fast. So actually... Preen had a black membership. Yeah. And obviously with the black memberships, you could bring someone to train with you. So it was like after school, we used to walk to town centre and um, then I'd train with him. And like obviously a couple of the boys were there as well. And um, that kind of got me like hooked a little bit, obviously. Like I'd been doing some home sessions before that with just basic weights, but yeah. nothing too serious. Um, and then... Yeah, I think once I found out that you, Maruna, um, and a couple of the other boys were training at High Cab, and it was still close to school, and like my bus drove past it every day, so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come train with you, and I enjoyed that environment so much better than a commercial gym. Um, having a be a like a family gym, especially starting off, like being new into a gym environment, yeah, um, I feel like it was just so much more welcoming and accepting, and like. I didn't need to worry about like, oh, you know, like I'm so skinny. Like, is everybody looking at me when I'm doing these exercises? Like I had my friends around me and even then when we would go and train, like half the gym that was there was us. Yeah. Because we'd go straight after school. And I remember people used to hate it. Like oh, especially, they especially the regulars. Oh, far out. Here these guys come again. Like same time every day. But Use the squat rack. Yeah. One. Like all five <laughs> of us. One squat rack. Well, in there for an hour. Crazy, crazy. But, um, yeah, no, high caliber was really, like, where my consistent training started. Um, and then after they closed up, I'm pretty sure I signed up to, to Riverston in 2018. So we actually trained at high cab for quite a bit. Um, yeah. Two or three years after school, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because I used to work in Riverston and then I'd drive straight after work. Yeah. Because that was my thing. Like, if I didn't train straight after work... See you later. Oh, man. Like, as soon as I... Because especially working a labouring job back then, like, on the tools. Yeah. As soon as I'd sit down, i just, like... League of Legends. In, yeah. Especially Games. in summer. Like, sweaty, like, crazy. You just want to have a cold shower and just chill out. So, that's... um. It's been my thing of always wanting... I even do it now. Like, I try to avoid going home before training because yeah. 
it will just drag it out or sometimes I just won't go. Um, so, yeah, trained there and then signed up to, to Rivo, Rivo 2018. O- October, I think it was, like when it opened, like we were foundation Brand members. New. So I think Josh Are you still and I, a foundation member? Um, or they removed that now? Uh, no, my... So my home gym changed because I wasn't training at Riverston as regularly anymore, so I wasn't getting those rates. Um, it changed to Rouse North. Yeah, that's right. Um, even though I don't really train there much anymore because... Where do you whole, train? Um, I, I jump around like crazy because they've got this, like, bring a mate for free thing at the moment. Ah. Man, it just makes, like, the gym's already so busy enough as it is because it's such a popular gym. And then, like, everybody's bringing their mate for free and then it's just, like, packed. It's crazy. Wait, so are you bringing your mate and that's why... You're um, changing gyms or you, they're too packed so you try somewhere else? Or? They're too packed so I, I go somewhere else. So my, I found, I've kind of found my, my routine at the moment. Um, obviously, I, I moved from, like I did train at Riverston for probably about 18 months or so. Like I was training there every single day because um, all my mates trained there. And then it kind of got to the point where like I was going in and training by myself, like I didn't mind it. I do enjoy training by myself because I can get like really focused and into the zone and like, you know, I'm timing my rest sets. Like I'm making sure like I'm on time. Whereas when I train with friends, it's kind of like an hour or an hour and a half session can turn into like two or three hours because like you're talking in between sets and yeah, like don't get me wrong. I love that kind of environment, but sometimes I, I really enjoy being in the zone and focused and like just shutting everything out. Um, Anytime's good for that. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what everyone's doing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, unless you have friends there. Um, And then I think I made – I really made the switch when Justin started training again Um, because he he didn't want to train at Riverston um, because – That's one of your mates for people who aren't in that circle. Yeah, so Justin's one of my friends who I met through mutual friends after high school. Yeah. and he, I think he'd been recovered from his lung surgery for a little bit and um, just like coming out of a end of a relationship. So he was a bit down in the dumps. And um, he mentioned to me that he wanted to get back into the gym and, you know, I was still going hard at, at this point. So I'm like, oh, you know, come, come train with me. Like I'll we'll train together. And I feel like it's always good to have a buddy because like you're almost like competition, pushing pushing each other every week. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then – so that's when I made the move to Rouse Hill North and that wasn't too long after they opened. Um, obviously, then first COVID lockdown happened um, and that was – Did you w- compete before that or after first COVID lockdown? So I competed after first COVID lockdown. So I s- actually started my prep at – in December 2019. So this was before COVID was even a thing anything like that so like hadn't even popped up yet so i started my cut for my first competition at the start of december 2019 and made it to four weeks out and they pulled the plug wait were you with matt then yeah so i you got to plug matt yeah so my coach matt lee um ultimately on on instagram yeah wearing a shirt as well um yeah, so 
have to kind of go back a little bit to come back to where we were. But 2017 and most of 2018, um, I was just party animal. Ooh. Every weekend, going out, spending way too much money on alcohol, not tracking my food. I was still training, like, but it was like, man, it's like one week, three days, and what? I wouldn't train for two weeks. Actually, I remember that. Why did you go through that phase, you reckon? So inconsistent. Um, I, I think it was just the, the people I hung out with. Um, I feel like the group that I was with heavily influenced how, how I was and, and what I enjoyed doing. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I had fun. Um, not saying that I look back at it and regret it. Um, I enjoyed that time. But at the same time, looking back on it, like I'm glad I got myself out of that because, I mean, it just wasn't healthy. I mean, I was spending like $200, $250 every weekend on alcohol. It was insane. Like eating just was completely rubbish and like I wouldn't eat all day so then I could get drunk easier on the weekends. It was just like... So you wouldn't have to spend 250 <laughs> It was really, really bad. Um, That's what a lot of people do though. So it's not like... Yeah. It's I, like, oh man... Why do you do that? Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's quite common for people to go through that phase of of partying, and then either they discover the gym or they were once not a gym rat, I should say, but they did have footings in the gym, and then they kind of rediscover it again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had a bit of a rough end to 2018, and um, I decided that I wanted to start taking myself more seriously so um that was getting back into the gym getting back into shape um i just wasn't happy with my body and the way it looked and how i felt um so matt at the time was like i think he was pretty fresh to pt like he'd only been doing work at castle hill fitness i don't think he'd had any online clients or if he did it was like very scattered here or there yeah yeah um so i I don't know if I was his first online client. He can probably confirm that if you ever have him on here. But um, I've definitely been with him the longest. Like I've been with him since the end of 2018. Like yeah. I still remember sending those first check-in photos. Like crazy. You're happy um, with the photos. Back then? Yeah. Um, be like, I'm shredded. Or were you like, <coughs> I got some work? So basically I... I had kind of been in the talks with him for a bit before signing up because I kind of tried to do a cut by myself because um, I was a bit on the flabby side. Like I was typical, yeah, dirty bulk, eat whatever. Like I was eating pizzas every day. KFC. KFC. Like I used to train. I'd go to Domino's after I finished training, get a whole pizza, eat the pizza and then eat whatever my dad made for dinner. Like I was eating until like I was felt like I was going to, pop and vomit back up everywhere and um yeah so i kind of did my own cut not knowing anything about nutrition i was like oh yeah cut sugar sugar's bad like just following the typical information that's out there that's just like yeah so wrong not wrong but like it's just there's more to it yeah it would work but know why it works yeah 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 and it's not um it's not sustainable long term yep. so signed up with matt 2018 after I'd tried my own cut and my weight had stalled and I'm like hey you know this is what I'm trying to do and he goes yeah man he goes I can help you out so worked 
together to, I think we were at a point where we started lean bulking. Um, I think I was like a starting weight of 78 kilos or something like that. And we went up to about 82, 83. Um, and I think after a couple of, a couple of weeks with him, or actually no, a couple of months, I watched him compete in, it might've been 2019. Like you went to watch or you... W- I, went, I went to watch him compete. So that was the first time he, he actually competed in, in the Arnolds. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2019 because it was before, it's definitely before COVID. And um, I went with Josh and Tyrone. Um, so, and we were sitting right up the back and like screaming out his name, supporting him like crazy. And I just remember seeing them all on the stage and I was like, man, these guys look so good like i want to i want to look like that like obviously i knew uh you know it's it wasn't attainable for me from what i was seeing you know considering where i was it was a lot of work to try to get to there yeah but i just remember looking at them and being like man that looks so sick i like i want to do something like that um and then as soon as i told that to matt it was no looking back and i i would say so we started the bulk, I think, about halfway or a quarter of the way through 2019. Because I'm pretty sure it competed season A, so it was earlier on in the year. Yeah. And bulked up to a, a fluffy 90 kilos. 90? Wow. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, the biggest I've ever been, ever. Like, I, I look back at it and I'm like, man, I was big. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I would ever need to get that big again. Or if I did, I would definitely make sure I'd do it better this time around because I was quite chunky like I had a lot of unnecessary fat on me that I didn't need to be carrying yeah um but then yeah started or started December in 2019 started the cut and it was a 25 week prep got to 21 weeks in yeah and this is when COVID was starting to become like quite a so how many weeks in 21 20 so we we'd done 21 weeks of cutting so far at this point wow. and i i to be honest i didn't think that they were going to scrap the comp mm. um looking back on it now it was probably the best thing that happened for me because i was four weeks out and i was 74 kilos so in that 21 weeks i'd lost 16 kilos but it was like i lost a lot of size um my training was heavily affected um I think it was just because we were trying to pull off so much weight so quickly. Yep. It, it severely impacted my physique and my training. Um, so I was a bit bummed out when they cancelled it at four weeks out. Well, because you were like, oh, man, I did my training's going bad. I've become weak. Like, I feel not strong or whatever it is. And yeah. Then they just cancel it. Oh. And then I was like, man, all that pain and suffering. And, like, they just, yeah, pulled the plug. But, um, like, we didn't it didn't even like hang around to feel sorry for myself. Matt just said, all right, he goes, do you want to compete this year still? Or do you want to push it back? And I said, look, you know, compete this year. Like if they open up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was aiming to compete in season A. So they got season A and season B. So I think season A is June or July around that time usually. Yeah. Um, And then season B is more towards like October time. And I was like, yeah, man, like I was still keen to compete. So Matt was like, all right, take this time, 
and we're going to reverse diet you and bulk you back up as much as we can and get you ready. And then when we need to, we'll start our next cut down again. So essentially I went through two preps in, yeah. in 2020. Um, two preps. Yeah. Like obviously I didn't push those final four weeks, which are probably the hardest. Yeah. Um, but bulked back up, I think it was like 78 kilos or something. So we didn't put much weight on. But we didn't want to put too much on too quickly because we didn't want to put too much fat on. Yeah. Um, and then we ran a 15, 15 or 18-week prep and got down 70 kilos. So overall, over that close to 12-month period, I dropped 20 kilos to step on stage. Wow. And like it... It didn't sink in how much I'd lost until like I was picking up a 20 kilo plate one day at the gym to load it on when I was like approaching my stage. And I'm like, man, like I've lost this off my body. Like this is heavy. Yeah. I'm like, this used to be on me. Like it's it's crazy to think of it like that. Um, so yeah, competed. Then it was the 31st of October, 2020 on Halloween. Ooh. Um, First competition, so I was going into it with the mindset of I just want to enjoy myself, um, you know, have fun. It wasn't so much like I didn't – I mean, it would be nice to win. Obviously, everybody wants to win when yeah. they compete, uh, whether it's powerlifting or bodybuilding. But um, I was there for, for fun. Like I, I just wanted to see how far I could push myself, yep. um, what I was able to do and ended up taking, I think um, – Three fourth places, no. Yeah, three fourth places and two participation trophies. So, um, all medallions because they gave you medals on the day. But I was happy. Like we, I was really happy with how I looked. Um, and yeah, and then after that, started the reverse diet. So, bulk back up. Yeah, although um, Wait, that reverse turn diet, this a bit that way towards you, a bit more. Is it cutting? Uh, that's better. It's cutting a bit in and out. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. I think I could hear it too. Um, yeah. So you reverse dieted, and was that worse or better this time? Because you seem a bit concerned about it. That's why when I when I got the coke, so I was like, oh, this guy's got to want no sugar. <laughs> you, yeah. Um, yeah. And even when I messaged you about podcast, <laughs> I was like, oh, keeping steps high, and you're like, yeah, I got to keep that reverse diet. Yeah. Um, so I would say mentally I'm probably better this time around. Um, I didn't realise I really struggled coming out of my first prep, obviously because, you know, you look amazing to yourself. You're like, oh, my God, like shredded. Yeah. I love the way I look. I, I couldn't let go of it. Like I think we, we did our reverse diet and obviously I'd put a little bit of weight on. I think maybe – like four or five kilos. The first time? Um, yeah, once the reverse had kind of finished. I think we ran about a eight or 12-week reverse diet. Yeah. Um, but then it was just like Matt was giving me calories to hit and then I was just like subconsciously eating under those calories. Well, you'd track it in and there'd be like a 20% left over. you just throw it in the bin. Yeah, I, well, it was like I was serving up my meals and obviously you know what it is. Essentially, your, your proteins and fats don't really change once you yeah. have them locked in. It's your carbs that you bring up and down. Yeah. Um, 
So like I was hitting protein and fat quotas. That wasn't a problem. Um, but like I'd get towards the end of the day and I'd have like 50 or 60 grams of carbs left. And I'm like, oh man, like I, I can't be bothered. Like I'll, I'll make up for it tomorrow. I'll eat more tomorrow or something like that. And um, yeah, I really had a hard time, I think letting go of my physique and being like, I'm, I'm comfortable putting the weight back on. Um, cause like even after only putting on about four kilos or something, you still have visible abs. I mean, like when you get that lean, it's insane. You see like muscle fibers and, and everything. So like chucking an extra four kilos on brings you to a healthy weight, but you, you're still got like that summer body look like yeah. every, that body that everybody wants to like cut down for, to look like for summer, you still have that look, but because you knew how good you looked before, you're like, Oh, like you, you get a bit sad well at least i did i don't know if everybody's like this but um yeah and then obviously i was lucky to have jess by my side um jess is my partner for those who didn't know and uh yeah we had a bit of a chat one weekend about it and um she was like hey like i'm just a bit concerned you know like is is everything okay and yeah we sat down and, and talked it over and then i think that kind of like really helped me let go because it wasn't just for me as well it was also like my mind was playing like the thoughts of um oh you know like is she still gonna love me like when i gain all this weight back and just yeah. very silly stuff like that like it was stuff that doesn't really mean anything like to anybody like if you saw me shredded or if you saw me like on the puffier side i'm me yeah i don't change you know just because i look a little bit different um but you, I kind of just got in my own head a little bit like that. So um, I feel like this time around coming out of my second prep, um, I'm a lot better. I know it's going to go. Um, as much as I am like, oh, I don't, want it, I don't want it to go. Again, like you have that kind of thought, like obviously, but I know it's going to go. Um, at the moment, obviously, because I'm, I'm going off to Europe in two and a half weeks. Yeah going to um, some festivals and stuff while I'm over there. So I'm like, I kind of want to look semi-decent still. Like, so I'm, I'm fine with putting the weight back on, um, but I'm just being controlled with how I do it. And yeah, obviously, like, I'm not going to track while I'm over in Europe. I'll, I'll try the best I can, but I'm not going to say, oh, no, we can't go eat out tonight because I've eaten too many calories. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, when you're on a holiday, I feel like if you're... You're going with Jess? Yeah, going yeah. with Jess, so... Um, I feel like if you're like that on, on holidays, like you go on holidays to take a break, right? To give yourself a break. I, I feel like as long as you don't go crazy and binge eat, yeah, you'll be fine. Like you, you might put on a couple of kilos, but like it's nothing really. It's healthy weight, if anything. Do you think that uh, second time round, you're like, oh, well, I was able to lose the weight again, uh, mm a second time mm -hmm. so you know you have that capacity to lose the weight again if you need to like the first time that was the first time you ever felt that shredded that lean that mm. amazing mm. maybe it's like oh if i put it on am i going to be able to get back to this feeling again like yeah yeah i i think that was a bit of a concern as well um because like i've i've heard a lot of things online it's like um oh when you get that shredded it's like it's so much harder to get that lean again or like 
whatever. Like, I don't know if it's BS or whatnot. I still haven't looked into it. Um, I just put all my faith and um, belief into Matt that he knows what he's doing. Um, his knowledge from my first prep to my second prep, crazy, bro. He's improved like tenfold. And That's good. His client base is a perfect example. Like, I was his first one that he ever took through prep. And since he ran my first prep, I think he's done four or five other people's preps. I know this season alone he had four people um, competing as well as himself. He competed too. So he's, his work ethic was just insane. Like That's cool when you, crazy. Have, you develop with your coach. Yeah. yeah. It's like obviously you know, but you still know them for them, right? And it's not like you're like, oh, why was I with him before? Because you're like, you don't mm. care. Mm. You like the fact that he's growing, developing, providing more value. And yeah, I agree with that part like it's cool feeling that development yeah yeah Yeah. well i i feel like um obviously i can't talk too much because i'm not in the fitness industry but i feel like if you're out there looking for a coach if the coach you pick um is complacent with his knowledge and isn't looking to constantly expand and learn more he's probably not he or she is probably yeah. not the best coach for you mm. um, or for anybody in that matter. I, I feel like if you're a PT and you get comfortable once you've got that certificate, um, I'm, I'm, I might be being a bit too critical here, but I, I feel like it's important when you're providing that kind of service to always broaden your knowledge. Um, and that only benefits yourself as well because it opens your range of clients way more. Like yeah. rather than just, you know, having people oh you know here's your program here's basic nutrition you know you can kind of go more into depth like you can prep clients for bodybuilding or what matt does prep clients for um sorry other way around prep people for powerlifting and matt prepping people for bodybuilding so uh, i feel like it's very particular and you need to be quite knowledgeable in that area um but if you'd never broaden your skills and like a like a sponge, you want more and more information all the time. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably not a good quality in a coach if they're not constantly trying to learn. Yeah, 100%. And I see it with PTs a lot. Like the, the, the best information or the new information is always changing. Like the best way of doing mm. something before was broccoli and fish. Yeah. Or like right? boiled chicken. Boiled chicken. No seasoning. That's it. You have to do it like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Why? Their macros or calories, macros. Mm, mm. It's a some. It's more of a sustainable approach. Like, of course, you know that broccoli and salmon is low in calories, mm. so you're gonna be in a deficit. And it, yeah, do your cardio, whatever. Mm. So activity goes up, yep. calories out. Oh, yeah, calories out goes up, calories in goes down. Of course, you're gonna lose the weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just not as enjoyable as it, what it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, losing weight doesn't have to be bland and boring on the food side and like killing yourself every day at the gym on the output side yeah um if you have a smart coach like i barely touched cardio this time around just steps i for 10 weeks it was just steps yeah and then at the 10 week mark i did hit cardio for two or three weeks so it was on off on the roll machine 10 minutes um and then Stairmaster, like we did Stairmaster for 
four weeks maybe. Like I cut my cardio three or four weeks out. Yeah. Matt goes, all right, we're where we need to be. You can chill. And um, another thing that kind of played with my head was I was like stage ready at 72 kilos, right? But because my last stage rate was 70, I'm like, oh man, we need to push for 70, don't we? Like, yeah. And then at the same time, I'm like, well, no, they're like I've held on to muscle and obviously I'm going to be heavier. So, um, so he's like, yeah, you can. You want to just atrophy <coughs> a bit? And then... Yeah, That's how we do it. and Matt, Matt was like, essentially, he just said, like, if we push any harder, you're just going to start burning your muscle. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not worth it. And even not touching cardio, like pulling steps out, um, I still drop weight just doing steps. And, like, I was eating the same thing. But less steps and the weight still came down? Um, no, this the steps stayed pretty much the same after about... At about the 15 week out mark, he put my steps up to about 15,000. Um, and it sounds like a lot. It, it is for the for the average person maybe who works in an office. Like I work in an office. It was, don't get me wrong, it was difficult on some days. Like if it was raining outside, I used to have to go and walk downstairs in my car park and do laps for half an hour wow. um, just to get the steps. Because like if I didn't go and utilize my half an hour lunch break, it was like... I was on the treadmill for an hour and a half at the gym getting those steps up. Instead of an hour? Um, well, so I used to do it in 30-minute chunks so then I wasn't killing myself with just oh, steps. Yeah. So I'd do 30 minutes of lunch. I'd finish work. I'd eat a meal. And then I'd do another 30 minutes of walking, whether that was outside or downstairs if it was raining. Um, I kind of enjoyed it too. Like on a sunny day, like just getting out in the sun when you're being yeah. inside the office all day, it just feels nice. Um, and then I would go train and then do another 30 minutes or something yeah. or, just, or just enough to, to hit the daily steps. So I would sometimes leave like 500 or 1,000 steps because like obviously walking around the house doing yeah. meal preps or whatever, you're going to do more steps. But um, So the, on the timeline... We got to the second call. Oh, sorry, the first call. First comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still on timeline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, after after the first comp, um, so two encouragement, fourth, fourth, or <clears throat> three fourths was it? Um, no, it was it was two two fourth places. Two fourths. Sorry, yeah. one one yeah, two fourths, one fifth. One fifth. Yeah. Yeah, and like two participations. I think participation, yeah. the participation was in my opens categories. Um, so, yeah. So after that reverse diet, we went through that little hiccup. Then um, we put the weight on nice and slowly. So didn't gain. Wait, crazy. what was the hiccup? That that little hiccup of like me not wanting to let go of my, oh, sorry, yeah. my shreds and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, went through that little hiccup, um, which I think I, I kind of got over in early 2021. Um, so I would say... Like, I got the ball rolling again. We'll just say in February 2021. Um, you know, weight was steadily coming up, maybe like 200, 250 grams a week. Some weeks, obviously, it wouldn't go up. Other weeks, it would go up a little bit more, just depending on how my eating was going. Um, and then I think, when was the second lockdown? When was it 2021? Uh, yeah, July. July. So, essentially, we... We bulked up and I was training consistently. I think it was like five to six days a week. I think I had a six-day week 
schedule and my sixth day was just shoulders because my shoulders were my weak point so we wanted to work on that um so i was training six days a week most weeks um obviously if something came up on a saturday it was like gym social life it's like i've just sacrificed so much time of my social life in prep so you know I can sacrifice a week here or there of not training. Yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, on the weekend and go out with friends and go out with my girlfriend and whatnot for food or with family or whatever. Sanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to find that balance as well. Like, especially going through prep when it's like the scales are like this and gym is just like taking up everything, every free moment. Um, so I kind of felt like I had to give back to Jess as well considering I'd put her through that whole yeah. that whole prep. I'm like, you know, free up a little bit of time for her. It's in a relationship, you've got to do that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and then it would just be like, I might just chuck that shoulder workout in throughout the week somewhere, like add it on to a leg day or something like that. Yeah. Um, then lockdown hit and I was quite lucky. I had a very basic setup at home, a little bit less than yours. Like I have one of those like multi-benches that has like the leg extension on it. Oh, yeah. So I could do leg extensions. I could do hamstring curls, like laying hamstring curls, um, flat bench. Uh, did some like kettlebell squats. So Matt did a whole like lockdown routine for me. Yeah. Um, essentially, we tried to like stall weight gain as much as possible. So really dragged it out. Obviously, because your, um, your physical output isn't as high. So we didn't want to gain too much. Did you work from home? Or um, were you going into the no, office? No, I so I was the only one working at my work in the office. So for I think it was like three months we were in lockdown or something for it was just me. For like eight and a half hours, nine hours a day. It's just yeah, like lonely. so isolating. Like I, I did enjoy it and there were some days where I'm just like, Man, I wish I had my coworkers in here. I was just the workload was just insane sometimes. Um and for the most part of lockdown, training was okay. Um, like I remember like seeing your page a lot when you were renting out gear to, to, your, um, to your people who trained at your gym and doing outdoor sessions. And I'm like, that's really good. Like the fact that some people actually made the effort still to, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got a business to run, but like you don't see your clients as just money coming yeah. in. Like you have a, very good client relationship with most of the people that train at your gym i feel yeah yeah um and that's yourself um jose francis brad uh luke i've met most of the boys from the uhp gang and yeah. um you know they're all real good people um thanks man. so it was good like i really enjoyed like seeing like i was always watching like uhp and i was like oh man it's so good like seeing people still getting out and training and yeah. then yeah, um, so that was kind of like, I not that I used it as motivation, but at the same time I was like, well, if other people were still doing it, then, you yeah. know, I should still, you know, try my best. Um, I kind of lost motivation like in the last two weeks. It was a big struggle and that was because training at home is like I've never been good with it. I sit down, man, it's like, oh, 10 o'clock. Oh, man, I need to train. Oh. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Yeah, like it was bad. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, half an hour. Yeah, I'm just going to watch this video and then I'll go and train. And then I'm like, 
a little bit past half an hour had gone by and then it was like, oh, I'll wait until like eight o'clock, like on the dot, I'll get up and go. And then something would distract me and then I'd just like push back and back. Some days I wouldn't train at all. Other days yeah. I'd go in and like the sessions were just so bad. Like, you know what it's like when you just don't have a good session. Yeah. Um, and then we came out of lockdown. It was October, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, October. Um, and I think I was, I think I'd only gained about a kilo and a half or two kilos over the lockdown period. So it was relatively low. Um, obviously I would have liked to have spent that three months bulking properly, training at a gym and whatnot, but you know, just had to make do with what we had, but, um, came out in October, pushed hard for that last four weeks and then started December, started the next prep. Um, yeah, so again, another 25-week prep, um, which is insane when I think about it. Like, I've spent 12 months of my life, like, restricting food and all that stuff just so then I can get on stage two times. 12 months so far. 12 months so far, yeah. So I do plan on competing again, but I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, so start of the prep. I, I think going into this one, I knew I could lose the weight because I'd done it before. Yeah. Um, and I was only starting off at 84 kilos this time compared to 90 last time. So I didn't have as much to lose. So we gave ourselves extra time, but to take it nice and slow. Um, I was having diet breaks here or there, like in the first 10 weeks. And then from about the 15 week mark, I really like cracked down, you know, food, meal timing um, to maintain like protein in the system and whatnot. And um, pushed all the way through started getting difficult at about the five week mark I, i'm not gonna weeks li- out yeah yeah like i'm not gonna lie that prep that i just did was so much harder than the first one really so so much harder like i got leaner than what i did the first time um like i had striations on my glutes and oh. i didn't need it like i didn't need to be that lean why well, it's covered up hey uh, yeah, like it's not like the bodybuilders that wear like the kind of like the G-string where their ass cheeks show. Yeah. And like they get crazy lean. Like their chest, oh, their, sorry, their ass has striations across it like a chest does when yeah. it's lean. Um, just for context, everybody's probably seen a lean chest when like the striations come across. Yeah. Um, they have that essentially on their glutes. Like my, I wasn't that lean. That was, and the glutes are an area that has naturally got fat on it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so like that's why the first place, even reverse dieting this time, the first place the fat went, boom, straight onto the butt again. So, yeah. just as happy that my butt's coming back. Oh yeah, no more pancake. Yeah, <laughs> nah. She's <laughs> always like, whenever she gets a chance, she's like smacking it. She's like, it's gone. Where's it gone? I want it back. Um. But yeah, like it was a real struggle, like just energy so low. Like I would say my hunger was crazy, but it was like when my meal timing was, when it was coming up to my meal timing, like I would get agitated if I wasn't eating like within a half an hour window of when I needed to eat. Really? Like little things like would annoy me. Like if I was halfway through doing something at work and the phone would ring. Oh, man, who's calling me? I'm like, I'm trying to do something right now. Whereas normally that wouldn't bother me. Like you answer, it's part of your job, whatever. Um, 
But the, I think the biggest thing that I noticed this time around was the sleep. Um, my sleep took a really big hit. Like I got to the point where my body didn't want to let me sleep because um, it's like, man, you need to eat food. What are you going to sleep for? Like we need to eat. We're dying here, man. Like feed me. <laughs> what the hell's going on? In order to sleep, feed me first. Yeah, yeah. So like I used to have to like sit there and like force myself to sleep. I'm like, no, you go to sleep. Um, so yeah, I've actually only in the past week or two just actually started to feel tired again, like oh. at night time, which is great. Like I love, I, I used to, my head used to hit the pillow and like within five minutes I was out. Um, but I got to the point where like I'd lay in bed for like half an hour or an hour at some nights. Just like looking at the ceiling. Not even like my eyes were closed. Oh, I'm, I'm closed. trying so hard to sleep and I'm like, man. Like I'd get in bed some nights at twelve o'clock, and I'd be up until one thirty. Just no sleep. But then, what about when you need to wake up? When I woke up, not tired. Really, not like there the was some. Like, just survive. There like, was some. Don't. There was some nights I was getting four hours of sleep, and working an eight-hour day, and I'm just like, how do I not feel tired right now? Like, obviously, it was like I hear that from a lot of bodybuilders. Actually, like the mindset's just like. You just have to do what you need to do and do it. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, I was getting more body tired, not mentally, like to the point, not tired like, oh, my eyes are like drooping closed, like I'm struggling so hard to keep them open. It was like my body was just like, oh, so sluggish and like just didn't want to move. And I'd go for my 30-minute walk at lunch and I'd come back and I'm like, legs are exhausted like i feel like they weigh 100 kilos yeah um and then i would go to the gym and then still push weights that i was pushing five weeks prior and i'd sit there and laugh sometimes like my one of my mates i trained with i'd laugh and i'm like this shouldn't be possible there's no way i should be moving the weight i'm moving now with how depleted i am compared to how i was five weeks ago but it's because the muscle retention was there so like i was just amping myself up on pre-workout mm. um, mind you the one i use isn't very high in caffeine it was 160 milligrams per scoop it's more of like a focus and pump blend um i use switch power by um switch nutrition power um but yeah so i'm now at the moment like after competing and everything wait you're still on the timeline <coughs> so you're getting tired yeah couldn't sleep five weeks five weeks out couldn't sleep no no proper sleep for about five weeks whatever pulled back off the cardio obviously just continued it i had posing and stuff throughout the whole period and um yeah show day came well peak week came i should say and um i think it was a it was a mid load so the first time i competed it was a back load where he matt loaded me up earlier on in the week and then kind of tapered down towards show day it's it's such a process like even i can't still wrap my head around it even though matt's kind of sat me down and explained it to me it's just about getting glycogen back into the the body so then the muscles get you know used to having it back in the system getting a pump and feeling good again and um yeah, glycogen obviously you get from carbohydrate sources and when i was on like 160 grams of carbs a day and then Matt was on my on my biggest high day. I was on three hundred and fifty grams of carbs. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is so good." Training, I'm like, oh, "I feel like a god, man." My pumps are so like because you don't have that for so yeah. long. Um, 
So did peak week, pretty much nailed it. Like Matt's just like, just great. Like obviously I'm updating you with photos heaps. Like there's a section on my phone where it's just like all photos of me. Photo, photo, photo. Just in my underwear. Yeah. He's like, I want to see like if these lines are disappearing. I want to see if this is happening and this is happening. Um, yeah, so comp day comes around. Um, perform on comp day. Um, we thought we were going to place a lot higher than what we did. At the end of the day, you know, it's a bit frustrating. Judges are judges and sometimes they have bias or whatever, but I'm not going to sit here and go, I should have placed this or, oh, you know, they didn't do this or whatever. Um, so I ended up, this was a uh, nationals qualifier as well. So it was um, an event where you could earn your pro card. So that's what I was gunning for. This time around, I was really like, I'm going to this event to turn pro. Um so I had different mindset, everything, which I think was the reason why I was a bit more like upset after. Like I wasn't like upset, like sad or angry. I was just like, oh man, that really sucks. Like I feel like I could have done better. Maybe it was the judges. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that. But I didn't think into it too much. I didn't let it try to get to me. So you do better than the last time. Um, well, considering I was like up against the best of the best from each state, because you have to place top five to qualify to come to this event. Um, New South Wales people, because it was held here this season, you could just walk straight in and go straight into it because oh. we're New South Wales residents. So it's the same depending on what state it's in. If it's in your state, you don't need to qualify to enter. You can just yeah. go straight in. Um, so I placed I, – I competed in three categories. So I, I was in men's physique. So my first comp was men's physique. This time I did men's fitness. Now, the difference really – one wears board shorts, men's physique, and more of a V taper is preferred for men's physique and leanness and overall symmetry. Yep. That's kind of what they judged off for physique. For fitness, I don't know what they judge off because there was no criteria sheet or anything like that. Uh, yep. So I was just like, obviously, it's going to be similar. They're going to look at posing, stage presence, um, how will you present yourself, crowd interaction, leanness, symmetry. Like, it's just kind of a standard, I think, across the board. Um, so I competed in rookie, novice, and opens. Um, I think in the rookie, I placed, I think it was fourth in rookie. It was stacked. There was like 10 people in that. Um, so I was quite happy with that, that I still managed to place top five. That's I'm happy with that. Yeah. And then competed in the novice, well, I got third place in the novice. Oh, so, you did? Yeah, so less less people in the novice because um, I think I think novice is the rules of competing in novice is that you haven't won an opens category. Ah, uh, yeah. Whereas rookie is your first year competing in that category. Yeah. So if I was to do men's fitness again, I couldn't do rookie. I could only do novice and opens. Yeah. Um, and then in the opens, I took third place as well. Really? Yeah. So there was two opens categories. They split them into height classes. So I fell into the tall category. Um, I think I don't know what the cutoff is. Like I'm wait, so you did do better. So I did. I did do better compared to last time. Yeah. Um, so a couple of the boys that I was I was up against like just all day. Like there were some really good physiques out there, and I knew the ones going into it. I'm like, these are the ones that I've got to beat because um, you know. Everybody does that kind of Instagram stalk and whatnot as it's leading up. Like, oh, who's going to be in it? Who am I competing against? How do you know? Um, 
Well, I think like two nights before they dropped the competitor list. Oh, and you look them up. And like, I remember I was laying in bed, like almost nodding off one o'clock in the morning. I see the little email, like, oh, competitor list. I'm like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go into it. And then I opened it, I went into it. And then I got really excited that like, it was like, it was there. You know, this is how close I am. It's almost here. And then I took me half an hour to get back to sleep again. (laughs) So, um. Yeah, so overall, I placed better, considering I'm versing boys from all around Australia as well, compared to my first event that was just New South Wales based. So overall, placed better. And my physique was so much better. So much better than the first time around. I mean, I was two kilos heavier and leaner. Yeah, so more tissue, more lean tissue. Yeah. Perfect. And now I am almost three weeks. No. Yeah. This weekend, I think, is three weeks post-comp. So, still got, like, patches on my tan that aren't oh, coming yeah. off properly. Exfoliating just didn't want to come off, but, um, still yeah. Still got vascularity. Yeah, still got still got some veins. Yeah. Still a little, there a little bit. So, um, yeah. So, I just had... Actually, no, this, is the, this weekend's the second week post-comp. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Matt gave me a free week basically last week. He's like, you know, you can do whatever. Don't go too overboard. Um, Essentially, it was like if people wanted to go out for food, we'd go. Um, I tried to be sensible during the week, like meal prepped and whatnot. And, um, yeah, then had my check-in on Sunday just gone and got my new macros. So we never really do anything off calories ever. It's just always macro-based, so... At the moment, fats has gone back up. Um, so just to put in perspective, my lowest point of prep was 170 carbs, um, four, 40 fats. Ooh. Yeah. So that was causing some big mental fog like crazy. Um, a lot of people, unless they've been in that position, don't realize how important fats are for like mental clarity, mental focus and all that kind of stuff. Um, and 210 protein. So protein's come down to 200 now. Um, Carbs are up to 250, and fats are back up to 70. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Only 10 less than me. Really? I'm on 180, yeah. 180, what, carbs? I'm on 80 carbs. Oh. I mean, so 80 fats. Oh, 80 fats. Oh, okay, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, carbs? What are you talking (laughs) about? I'm like, you eat like 500 carbs a day or something like that, don't you? Oh yeah, six fifty. Yeah, far <laughs> out. I remember the highest I got was like four hundred, and I'm like, I feel like I'm constantly shoveling food into my mouth <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Well, the only one question that I really wanted to ask, yeah, was so we've done the timeline now. Yeah, far out. That took away. I I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I've got a bad habit of talking way too much. So yeah, sorry. And continue. <laughs> the one big one that I. Because I'm walking up to server, getting you a drink. And I'm like, where was the switch? Because it, it's sort of like not everyone goes down that path of like, like that's pretty extreme. Like the mental fog, your body not sleeping, like mm, mm. The, the, the mind staying on. And it's basically, I don't know, without putting it in technical terms, it's in survival mode. Yeah, it, it I takes, mean. It um, takes a bit of mental grit to get down there. But mm. where in your training or even in your life, mm was that switch to mentally be able to do those things? Was it literally just, oh, I want to do a bodybuilding comp? Like, 
what made you then want to do a bodybuilding comp? What made you want to step away from the party scene? What made you want to really like that's massive investment? And even yeah. in high school, I can be like, the Anthony Pace in high school wouldn't have done that. No, no way. Yeah, I mean my cheeky for Pepe. Like oh. I'm giving you Pepsi Max, and you give me four chicken sandwiches, bro. I'd like, come oh, to sweet. school. I'd come to school with like a bag full of lunch, and I'm like, do you want? Do you want it? <laughs> Bro, I still got that photo of you with the half-eaten sandwich tucked into your front pocket and you're like... And then, like, I, all I remember thinking back then was, like, training three days a week. Why am I not putting any weight on? And now I look back at it and I'm like, well, you weren't eating enough, you dumbass. Like, you're giving all your food to this guy. I wonder why he's such a beast. I'm, I feel, I made you in high school. Peanut butter, like, rolled on, paint roller. <laughs> That's good. Low fats, high carbs. See? Yeah. Although it all went straight to you, so like <laughs> it didn't matter anyway. But um, yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Look, I, I think where was the switch? Because I'm like, yeah, I, that's the biggest thing. I'm thinking like, whatever it is, it's like if someone's like, oh yeah, I want to do that, but then they maybe try and don't do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like anyone yeah. can say they want to do it, but then actually doing it and then being in the pain of it and still doing it and then. Yeah. Being in real pain and not sleeping, which a lot of people like to do, and still doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, where was that switch? Where was that turnaround? Did, was it progressive? Was it instantaneous? Like, so I think I had kind of just had enough of the partying and going out every weekend, and I wasn't doing any favors for my mental health. Um, and I think it was, it wasn't so much like a, a massive 180, right? Like, I kind of said to myself originally, I was like, okay, um, you know, I'm not happy right now. And my happy place, I've, which I found, was the gym. My gym was a great outlet. If I'd had a shit day, if I was feeling angry, if I was feeling sad, I'd go pump some weights. And I felt so much better instantly. Um, and, like, it's, it's actually proven, you know, that physical exercise can help with, like um, – people that are struggling mentally obviously some people you know a gym session isn't going to change it they need to be medicated and whatnot but mine i was able to overcome myself with um you know changing my quality of life being more active having healthy outlets rather than you know going and drinking and then i'd feel good for that period of drinking and then when i'd sober up i'd feel like shit again because like i enjoyed myself so much but boom, crash back to reality. Yeah. And um, I'm quite lucky that I had to drive everywhere. Otherwise, I probably would have been like in in like territory of becoming an alcoholic because I really enjoyed drinking alcohol and going out and just the way it made me feel. And the one factor stopping me was the fact that like, oh, I've got to drive to work. I work five days a week, you know. I can't be drink driving because if I lose my license, then no job. I, no job and I can't go out and drink anyway. So... Um, it was kind of progressive, like slowly progressive. And then it was like when I saw Matt compete, I was kind of on the road to recovery anyway and I was so much happier with myself. And I, I can safely say seeing Matt compete was my moment of, man, I really want to try that. But because it was unknown for me, I'd never been into it. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm, the best part about it. And I think that's probably the reason why I did it. I mean, had I known it was going to be as hard as what it was going to be, 
I probably would have been like, man, fuck that. That does not sound like fun at all. Like you lose your sex drive. You've got no energy. You can't eat food. Like I knew obviously you had to restrict food and you'd have to do cardio. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can train and cardio and cut down on food a little bit, but um, at the extreme end, like you're really pushing yourself. Like I, I told Jess like, um, I'm killing myself on a controlled scale. Yeah. Essentially, it's what you're doing. You're starving yourself to death. But it's, death. it's like you're not getting yourself to that point of, oh, you're going to die. Like yeah. you're going to roll over and die. But it's like your body is screaming at you basically. Like, Yeah, your body doesn't know that. Like, your body's like, dude, we're, happening. we're dying. Yeah. What the hell's going on? Like, So I, I think my biggest, my biggest thing was not knowing what I was getting myself into. I think that was a factor that really helped. Like if I had known exactly how I was going to feel, what I had to do, I probably would have been put off by it a little bit. Um, Is that why the second time was harder? Because now you knew. So with the, (laughs) it's funny you say that. So with the second time, it was almost like I forgot how bad it got. Ah. You know, like it's kind of like how women say when they give birth, right? Some of them will give birth and have a horrendous, like, experience, like the pain, and they'll just be like, I'm never doing that again, ever. Yep. Then a year or two goes by, and they forget it. They forget how bad it felt. Don't be that bad. They, they forget, yeah, yeah, like, your, your brain forgets every tiny detail. Pain. Like, you just remember, yeah, it was a shit time. Like, it wasn't that good. Um, like, I felt hungry. This happened, this happened. But I don't think it was that bad. And it's not until you get into that position again when you're like, oh, man, it's all coming back to me now. Like, I remember how bad this was last time. But your your brain just forgets all those little details of what made it that bad. Yeah. And I feel like um, for most people who are willing to start that journey to step on stage and to cut down... Um, when you're at that point, when you realize how much this sucks and you're like, everything comes flooding back, you're like, well, I'm in it now. It's already too late. I'm not stopping. Like, I've already sacrificed 10, 15 weeks to get to where I am. The home stretch, I can see it. It's like a 100-meter dash left. You know, that's all I've got to do. May as well just push, push through it, push through the pain. And I think that's why people will do it over and over and over it's, it's not like, you know, um, experiencing pain one day doing something. Like if you kick your toe on the corner of your bed and you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm dying the pain that I'm in right now. You're going to remember tomorrow not to kick your toe. Yeah. And, you know, after a couple of weeks goes by, you'll forget how painful it is until you kick your toe again. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't need to do a big step over that thing. Yeah, yeah, you get lazy and then like do something. Yeah, but it's like you're not going to kick your toe every day on that bed, you know what I mean? Because then that's a constant reminder of that pain. And um, with the prep, obviously, the closest you could do your next one is six months after because the comps are usually six months in between. But I don't know anybody who does a prep, comes out of prep, to then prep again because season B is 20 weeks away right now. So you'd need to start it now, essentially. <laughs> no way, man. Far out. Um, it's fresh in my mind now. So I would say, man, I'm not putting myself through that again 
Like, well, you're still in it, right? You're still, your hormones are recovering, strength's coming back up. and Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say, I don't know how long it'll take for me to get back to baseline. Um, I'm actually going to go get a blood test done um, sometime this week or, or next week because I had my blood test done when I was at the peak of my bulk and I've always been, you know, curious to see what the difference was. Um, so it'll probably be a couple of weeks still until like I'm back up to normal levels but i can already feel the difference after a week and a half two weeks like i'm already sleeping better um my strength is already going back up again i don't feel tired i don't feel constantly hungry i'm not getting mood swings so like i've recovered quite quickly um on like the hormone level and and the mental level and that kind of stuff without you know still looking half decent so yeah yeah so Basically, what I got from that was, well, you don't even know how painful it's going to be. So just start it. Have someone to guide you and tell you how to go through that pain. Yeah. And once you're in, you're in. So Pretty much, yeah. You, you've already jumped off the cliff. Yeah. So it's all like you've got to land now. So find out how the best way to land. Yeah. Do that 100-meter s- stretch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like once you, once you start, um, like – it's such a gradual change at the beginning that it's not super noticeable until you're right at the end. Yeah. And then you kind of tell yourself when you're there, okay, I may as well just finish it. You know, well, do I want to do this again? I don't know. Um, but then, yeah, some time goes by and then, you know, you forget it. And then you're like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to do that again, actually. So let me double check what this person's saying. Okay. Oh no! I, I think he's just looking. Yeah, just seeing what seeing what we're doing in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess the biggest thing I'm thinking of is what makes you want to recompete again? Because I know that there's a lot of people that don't do it again because they have sort of bad experiences with it, or mm, there's mm. something that they, I don't know, they really sort of that mental state really dropped and they weren't able to recover from it or mm. they blew out and they just got way, I don't know, overweight, for example, and then they yeah. remember how lean they were and they came back out. Like, one, what do you think helps that not happen? But also, mm-hmm. two, what makes you then want to do it again? And in the future, feel that pain again, feel the hunger, feel the... Um, so I would say the reason why I would consider, and I am considering doing it again like even after being all that through like so I'm kind of going against what I said before about how you forget Never about do it, it again. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think the main reason why I'm kind of interested in doing and investing that time again is setting like it's just setting myself a goal really. Like I want to see if I can beat it. Um so it's all about like self-drive and push, right? It's um I I feel like it's kind of similar to powerlifting how you're always trying to progress right yeah um it's just with bodybuilding it's very harsh to get to that stage where you can see if you've progressed or not whereas it's like with powerlifting i feel like you know obviously you push yourself on the food side of things and on training side of things but it's like you're not it's hard to put it into words but like you're not pushing yourself to that level right where some people you know dylan for instance um 
I know he's done powerlifting and bodybuilding. So it'd be interesting to see what his take is on, on both of them, if you ever yeah. have him here on the future. Um, I'm kind of interested in powerlifting at the moment because Jess kind of wants to get into it as well. Um, so I feel like it'd be interesting in the off-season, you know, to see how I could push. But, um, yeah, the, the reason why I'd want to do it again really is, you know, to have that photo of when I was last on stage and to have that photo two years or three years later when you do it all over again and be like, yeah, man, I look even better this time around. So it's really, it's just setting myself the challenge. Um, Like I could be content with never stepping on stage again. Like I, you know, I'm planning on having about a two-year off-season. I might go on off-season and I'll just be like, man, I don't know if I really want to put myself through that all over again. Um, Things could change, you know, like... Um, not saying that I'm going to because I don't see myself having kids for ages, but like in two or three years, you could have kids. Yeah. And when you have kids, man, things change. Like you you got to put your kids first and then like you can't – you got to be very selfish when you're in prep. Like yeah. your friends call up, hey, man, let's catch up. Let's go out for drinks or for dinner. Nah, man, sorry. Like strict protocols, like can't eat, can't drink. Yeah. I'll come out. But like I'm not going to spend all night out with you, and it's it's just it's very self-centered, and the I feel like the only thing that would stop me from competing again is big life changes. So like um, maybe getting married, having kids, maybe moving to a different country, moving state, something big to happen in my life where my focus shifts from predominantly gym, yeah, to something else. Right, like my career could be taking off, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll still focus on the gym, but I want to push to improve in my career. Yeah. So as long as there's other improvement elsewhere, that would be the only sort of thing that stops you from then driving more into. Yeah, unless there's like another focus point that takes over in my life, um, that would probably be the only thing stopping me. Like, I, um, I know for you, obviously owning a gym you're in that environment constantly. So it's kind of, not that I say that's kind of easy for you, but like, cause you're in that environment, I feel like it's, you can kind of push it together. Yeah. Like, because your training and your business kind of go hand in hand, considering you're in a training environment 24 seven when you're at work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like that's really the only thing that would stop me. And what, what was the other question? You said there was, there was one other one. As yeah, well. it was, um, like there's, what do you think helps keep that sort of mindset post comp? Like I see two people from the outside. I'm not a bodybuilder competitor. Mm. Um, people that say, yeah, they're going to do it again. They love it. They want to repeat it. They want to get better. Um, they want to get bigger, better physique for next time. Mm. Mm. And then there's people that say like that they don't talk about it. And you find out later that they did it because they didn't like it. They're not going to do it again. And mm. they're just training to be mentally happy happy again because their mental state got sort of disrupted. Just like wrecked by yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because some people can put themselves in eating disorders from it. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I kind of almost slipped into one um, with not wanting to put the weight back on. But like I was never sticking my fingers down my throat to make myself spew the food back up. So that was good at least. But yeah. um, I feel like the way to not slip into that... Um, 
it's it's mainly self control, really. Um, you can't overdo it, but you can't let yourself too loose. Um, like I was way too tight still after my first prep, and I was like not wanting to eat food or certain foods because I'm like, oh, I don't want to put the weight on. Like I was very, very controlled because I was scared of something happening. You know yep. what I mean? Um, I didn't want to get fat. I was like, oh, I'm going to get fat if I eat this or whatever. Um, and then also I feel at the same time, you can't be too loose. Like if you're like, it's over, I'm just going to go and eat like a pig for like from now on. Yeah. You'll blow up and like everybody will get fat being in that much of a deficit and then just like going to eating burgers every day or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like it comes down to having a respectable and a, a good amount of self-control. Um, having like an overall decent amount, like self-control is even just something as simple as like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure I get to the gym five times a week or three times a week or I'm going to make sure I hit my step target or like um, – you know, I'm going out for dinner tonight, so um, I might restrict my meals earlier on in the day just so then I'm not blowing my budget on my yeah. calories, you know. Um, you know, some people might think that some of that stuff is a little bit far-fetched, um, but coming out of a comp, your body's still in quite a sensitive position where, like, you don't want to be feeding it too much, but also you still don't want to be starving it. Like um, you want to be feeding it consistently like how you were leading in to the comp. Like you're constantly giving yourself food. You're just not much food. Yeah. But it's like you don't want to feed yourself too much after the comp and you don't want to feed yourself too little. And it's just about finding that healthy balance. Yeah, the fine line. Not yeah. going with it. All right, I'm done now. Bang, out of it. Like yeah. There's still, there's still more of a stretch. Yeah. 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 To make sure you don't fall into, I guess, bad habits and yeah. you like, have that healthy relationship with food and training, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because you can kind of lose your relationship with food from a prep. Like I got to a point where like I would see food as macros mm. and I had to in order to know what I was eating. But um, I feel like this time I've been able to take a step back. Like I went out for dinner on Tuesday to Korean barbecue, didn't track it. Yeah. I was just like, won't go too crazy with what I'm eating. Restricted myself a little bit earlier in the day, like just drop carbs a little bit, fats a little bit lower. Um, and I think after doing the first comp, then bulking up, then cutting again, that's given me so much more knowledge of, on how to just like manage yeah. food. Whereas some people would just eat a normal day and then go out and eat that dinner on top. And that's where it's an issue. Yeah. So it's like, if you know you're going to have a big meal, that's fine. Like, you shouldn't not be able to eat that meal. Go eat that meal. You've just sacrificed six months of your life, you know, not being able to go out to enjoy yourself. Go out, enjoy that meal, but be responsible throughout the day. Don't be like, oh, you know, work's getting ice cream, you know, for dessert after lunch oh, yeah, I'm going to have, like, a whole tub to myself yeah. knowing that I'm going to be expending a lot of calories well, eating a lot of calories later on in the day as well. So it's about, like, having that healthy balance coming out of it. One, If one thing's off, it can throw you off coming out of out of a prep. So I get that. Like, the, the scales you said, like, like, gym, training, yeah, it's there. Yeah. But don't then 
make it turn like this. Yeah, yeah. Like slowly level it out. Exactly. If it's too fast, see you later. Yeah, like it might... And don't get me wrong, like when you come out of it, you're going to have a bit of fun. Like I ate a burger and like six donuts or four donuts or something like that directly after my comp. Or Um, you can eat wings. Yeah, that's coming up as well. Like I've got fun stuff that I'm doing. Like I'm catching up with people that I haven't seen. I've got Europe. Like I'm not too stressed about it. But it's like, yeah, because comp prep is so one-sided, it's like gym, gym, gym. Food steps steps. It's like all so heavily based, and like your social life is basically non-existent. Yeah, you can tip the scales like this. Like I had a whole break from training at the gym last week. I, this is my first week back now. Yeah. Um, like if they do start to go out of whack, you just need to realize it and balance it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, like I'm I'm sure with yourself as well. Like. I mean, you got a 2,000 streak on my fitness pal. Like, oh, yeah. Insane. Like, crazy, crazy. I don't even know how many years that is. That's like, what, four? I don't know. I just know what, years, five when years. I started, I just didn't stop. And that's yep. been it so far. But yeah. So take home from that is be, it's not necessarily make sure those scales stay level, but if they do go a bit up and they're a bit out of whack, be aware of it know when to bring them down and just be responsible with it. Yeah. So in terms of short-term goals or medium-term goals, mm. is it just look good for Europe? Is it like, what do you have in mind before we kick off the podcast or finish it off? Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much now is just for the last two weeks that I'm going to be here in Australia. Um, just finished my reverse diet. Um, like obviously a reverse diet, I'd prefer to have it a bit longer than the four-week period, but we're just doing the best we can. Um, and given my activity, like my steps are probably going to be really high over in Europe. So I'm not too concerned with gaining weight, but, um, overall I just want to, you know, have a nice physique for Europe. Then after I come back from Europe, I'm just straight back into the gym, crack down, um, you know, make sure I'm back on top of food again. Um, probably after blowing out a little bit at, at Europe, um, back onto consistency of training and just get back into, that habit and, and schedule while having a, a healthy social life yeah. slash work life slash gym life balance. I think that's the, the most important thing with an off-season. I mean, you see some guys that are just like, their off-season is just as strict as prep. And that's fine. If they want to do things like that and that works for them and their social group, like they can do that and live a sociable life and have a partner and whatnot – that's that's fine like but the majority of people i'd say like 95 percent don't live like that so um you you make and you find a way to make it work and so then you can actually live life and not be like constantly isolated all the time yeah and still be proud of those results when you when it comes to comp day yeah all right well thanks for coming on the podcast it was great talking I felt like I talked so much. Man. <laughs> yeah, that timeline took like an hour to get through, oh, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I would have I would have liked to bounce some questions off to you as well, but... No, this is your podcast. Don't worry about me. Mine? Yeah. Oh, but man. yeah, thanks for coming on board. And That's all right. See you later. See you later, guys. <laughs>